Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching. And today we're gonna speak all about how to break out of that meltdown cycle during the holiday season, right? So we're gonna talk about how your child's meltdowns are stealing the show at Thanksgiving and how to break out of this pattern in the holiday season so that you can start living a life full of emotional freedom in your own home. And so can your kid, they can start to feel emotionally free in their own body. And what that means is that you get to enjoy the holidays, right? And so if this is a challenge that you know that you are waiting with bated breath, you are holding your breath, you are are clamming up and dealing with sweaty pits, even just considering serving turkey for Thanksgiving, and this is something that you want to break out of, then let's go ahead and listen today because we're gonna, we're gonna discuss all about where you're stuck and, uh, and w- what's necessary to break out of this pattern, okay? So when we think about the challenge that we know what, what many parents are, are focusing on here in the US, and, and again, we work with parents all over the world and, and you might have different holiday seasons, right? Um, but today we're gonna talk about US Thanksgiving. <laughs> And, um, and so when we notice that your the season is, is to focus on gratitude, right? And so if for you at this point, you're stuck in asking your kiddo what they're grateful for in Thanksgiving, you don't even want to pose the question because that might put them on the spot. It might lead to them leaving in a, in a grumpy huff, right? Your child might be yelling in that moment. They might be arguing with their cousins because they're not playing the game in the exact right way that they want to play. And so then they're, they're trying to lead the show and, and dictate how all the kids should play. Then what, what you have on your hands is no longer a fun event, but rather a logistical and emotional nightmare just trying to maintain family relationships, right? And so as as grandma or grandpa come in and they start seeing your kid and they start deeming them your child disrespectful and uh, lecturing your child in front of you, then you have a minefield on your hands, right? Because at that point, this is relevant for you parenting a sensitive child or parenting a sensitive teen because it might be that your sensitive teen is is walking to the back of the room and they've got their headphones on and and they're they're lost in their phone and even if they're just trying to read a book on their phone and, and not on social media um, your, your, your relatives are looking to spend time with your children. They're looking to support your children in growing into the family's traditions. And they're here to enjoy everybody involved and, and enjoy the time, right? And if your child's not able to enjoy the time because they're stuck, they're frustrated, they're overwhelmed, or all three of them, then you know it's gonna be really hard for you to enjoy that time. And so when we think about being able to break out of that pattern, let alone try to prevent meltdowns, right? 
then then obviously what we want to, to notice is that it can feel like a pretty uphill battle trying to do all of this and enjoy and, and let alone cook the turkey right if, if that's something that you guys do um, so you know my husband and I have been hosting Thanksgiving for um, as long as we've been married and uh, we do that because our families live um, in uh, we do that so we could spend both both time with both sides of our family and so it might be that you have um, lots of people coming over to your house you might have traditions where you 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 change your your house uh, plans or this year uh, things look differently due to the pandemic and you're trying to help your kiddo stay on a zoom call for longer than three seconds right um, whatever's going on really what matters is whether or not you're going to be able to enjoy time with your family and your child's going to be able to enjoy those memories and and how to do that in a way that that feels systematic and not like a fluke not like it's not repeatable for for Christmas time um, and and so when we think about the challenges that you that you might be having I want to make sure that we break this down right because you might have to be somewhere at a certain time and if your kiddo can't find the right shoes um, or, or they're not pleased with their outfit, then that means that you could be late to, to setting the turkey in the oven with grandma. Or if your child is simply not able to, to get out of bed on time and it's, you're, you're trying to make it to a soup kitchen early so that you can teach uh, acts of service and, um, and sharing the, um, the giving of the season, and uh, in the meantime, your child is just refusing to go, then you need to, to leave that lesson at the door, right? And so part of parenting is supporting your child and learning your family's values, uh, whether that be in, in feeling ex and experiencing gratitude for and, and connection with the whole family. Um, and then also in giving back and figuring out how to do that in a way that feels uh, genuine for your family, but also uh, something that you can rely on, that it's not just a once a year thing that you start to teach your child. And so when it comes down to uh, the hustle and bustle of the Thanksgiving season and what we try to, to teach traditionally to our children um, here in the States, it's important to observe how uh, your child is struggling in that and, and whether or not for, for your child in particular, their meltdowns are stealing the show. So I want to speak about this, right? Because if your child's meltdowns are a thief, um, it's really important to not decide that your kid is a thief, right? Your child is struggling in those moments and, and you know that. And, and so it's really important to understand at this time that for your particular child, they are feeling emotionally out of control. And that's the biggest part, right? That's the biggest part that you need to be able to systematically break out of. Because once you support your child in noticing how to break out of the pattern of feeling like they can't control their own bodies, then you can handle changes in routine. You can shift them out of feeling like uh, or noticing that they, they won't have um, school in a regular uh, time period. You can help them return to school the Monday following the break. Um, without feeling like they've had plenty of time to relax and now they're 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 in that school refusal cycle that we see so many parents of sensitive kids uh, dive right into after a few days off and so when we think about the the important piece around expressing gratitude and acknowledging um, how how your family has been able to um, to notice your family's blessings 
it's important to observe whether or not you're able to be present to that if you are trying to predict the future and, and you know what, what's around the corner, right? You know that Monday's going to be really tough. You know that um, that your, your, your kiddo doesn't get along with their cousins, um, but it, it's not the, the typical uh, child, sibling, cousin bickering that goes on. It's knockdown, drag out, meltdowns where your kid is, is throwing... Um, books around or, or toys down to the ground, crashing Lego, uh, you know, chucking the, the video controller to the point where you feel like you, you might not even want to go or you're going to need a game plan to, to leave early with, with half the family um, if that's the case and, and part of your family wants to stay. And so when we think about being able to support your sensitive child, it's really important to understand those factors, right? We don't want to to um, to to name your child as the cause of this problem, and so when you're advocating with um, with your your relatives, you need to be able to identify your child's strengths, and you need to be able to identify systematically what they're working on, so that you can help see relatives and and, and teach relatives what skills they're working on, so they can coach your your child with them or you can coach your relative uh, to um, <laughs> politely mind their own beeswax right now I'm speaking I'm not speaking about saying that to to grandma right um, that would not go down <laughs> well um, but what what will go down is be well is being able to name the progress that your child is making what specific phrases and and language works well for for your kiddo and then deciding whether or not grandma's going to be able to implement that. And, um, you know, grandma, Aunt Jane, Uncle Uncle Joe, it doesn't matter, right, um, who's struggling in, in understanding how, to, how your child needs to be parented. But what matters is whether or not you are effectively, clearly, and um, th- with authority uh, advocating for your child uh, rather than from a defensive place. Because that in and of itself is going to be really uh, quite damaging to your relationship with the adults in your um, in your extended family or or your um, yeah in your extended family or your in-laws and then uh, the other side of things is in terms of helping your child uh, maintain their own sense of self-respect and self um, self-confidence and self-esteem uh, as you're advocating right so if you're if you're uh, labeling your child with um, ineffective labels and, and um, condemning them or, or naming their, their quote-unquote bad behavior in front of other adults, um, that, that keeps you in reactive mode as well, but it also keeps your kiddo in reactive mode and that can, can add to the massive stress that they're experiencing in a new environment. Now, when we think about parents who are eliminating the meltdown cycle, it's really important to understand that once you you can break this pattern in everyday life, um, you're going to be able to support your child in dealing with challenges in in holidays in the holidays, right? So, so it's not a matter of just looking at how to get your kids through the holidays. What we want to see is and and notice is. Uh, the trends that your child is exhibiting these behaviors in all avenues of their life, right? We know for sure that highly sensitive kids who are not feeling secure in their parent-child relationship um, and and in addition in their relationship with their own self in terms of being able to creatively solve their problems, they are not able to do that in multiple 
avenues or uh, examples of their life. So what do I mean by that? I mean that they are not able to demonstrate being calm, cool, collected, or self-regulate when upset or disappointed in, in many different settings. Uh, they can't do it at the park, at home, at school, um, during sports activities or after extracurriculars, and then also with extended family. We want to see a continuity in that skill set. Uh, we can't grade your, your kiddo's progress or, or gauge your kiddo's progress uh, if, if the meltdowns stop only when they're home in a vacuum when everything's going well, right? That would probably be more of a symptom of you trying to walk on eggshells and preventing those meltdowns. We gauge a highly sensitive child's capacity to creatively solve their problems by observing how they're able to solve problems in every aspect of their life because highly sensitive children operate on either one or the other side of the bell curve in terms of being able to be emotionally successful. And um, that also in, impacts their ability to thrive in, in their environments. And so what I mean by that is uh, highly sensitive kids can really struggle at, at the um, the lower end of, of skill set de demonstration when their parent-child relationship feels rocky to them, right? And now I'm not here to tell you that, that you're engaging in, um, uh, you know, blatantly and, and purposefully abusive behavior with your kid and that's why your kiddo is struggling and why they don't feel secure in their relationship with you, right? What I'm here to say is that the traditional parenting strategies like taking away privileges or lecturing or using reward stickers or timeouts, uh, etc. All of those parenting strategies create insecurity in the parent-child relationship for any child but for highly sensitive kids, it, it swings them to, to the other end of the bell curve where, where their behaviors start to become even more intense than a non-highly sensitive child. And so when we look at parents who shift their strategy and, and they do that systematically, uh, children are be become highly sensitive children become much more receptive to the ability to change their own um, their their own behavior internally as well, and that's really important because it, it it we're not saying that you are the the cause of your kids' meltdowns, um, but it is absolutely an equal two way street. And so what I mean by that is that uh, you can't just start teaching your kid coping skills and continue to use traditional parenting strategies. That's not going to work. Um, but the other piece is if you want your child to be able to uh, emotionally and, and, and uh, feel secure in, in, in other avenues, they need to be able to feel secure in themselves. And, and that, you know, your child's sense of identity comes from their sense of feeling connected to their life source, their parent. Um, you know, it would be really hard for you as an adult if you didn't have a source of food um, if you did not have a shelter, like a place to lay your head that wasn't um, outside on the, on the ground, right? Um, and you didn't have uh, clothing for yourself, it would be really hard if you didn't have those things to feel capable, to feel like anything is possible for you. Um, and, and so those are your, your life sources, right? For an adult, food, water, shelter, um, and clothing, right? And, uh, and so if those things are not available to you, then you would be questioning whether or not you can 
figure it out, right? So we see this this emotional intensity um, in in the homelessness population, right? And so when we think about that um, and how that leads to really significant um, emotional needs for for that population and how they're struggling, um, we want to look at that and and take that. Uh, understanding and then the psychology in that understanding and we want to apply it to where your kid feels like their lifeline is disconnected and um and in that moment if your child feels emotionally um deprived from an, a sense of understanding then we we have to look at that very clearly you know it's it's not for lack of trying but what i have to tell you is that the strategy that you're using is creating a vacuum uh, with your child and and that's not working um, and so it's really important to change that so what changes it right you have to be able to change the way that you see your child's capacity if you've all you've seen is meltdowns and over and over and over again maybe you were parented with traditional tra- parenting strategies um, way back when right then for you in particular your perspective on what's possible and how your child should be led differently is going to feel like a really tall order and so you need to be able to to shift your perspective and change um, change that systematically so that it doesn't feel like you're you're biting off the the whole elephant all at once right eating the whole elephant all at once that's what um, the phrase goes how the phrase goes so when we think about that, um, that's just one piece of the puzzle, right? Your vision of what's possible for your child has to lead the way. And that needs to start now, right? Thanksgiving around the corner. Why not start envisioning a completely different way of how your kiddo is experiencing the holidays? And then start to go from there. Um, if your child is struggling in that in that avenue, and you see uh, behaviors and, and emotional intensity that you don't want to perpetuate into Christmas, uh, then start taking action. You need to be able to notice how your child is emotionally expressing themselves. Do they feel co- cool and collected and being able to do that? And are you doing this in a playful way that is not shaming so that they can understand without feeling like a bad kid? Um, and, and because children who feel like a bad kid don't show up like a quote unquote good kid. Now, um, I'm using traditional uh, perspectives, in my opinion, and my understanding, and my clinical experience. All children are good children, um, and I'm trying to use traditional language to exp- explain the traditional logic, right? So if that's where you're coming from, then you need to notice that you can't shame your kid and get the result you're looking for, right? So um, nobody feels good, feels crappy, and then um, and then starts doing good things to feel feel less crappy. Um, people who feel crappy keep feeling crappy, and then because they feel crappy about themselves, do crappy things. Uh, that's just the way that the human brain works and the way the human psyche works. Um, so you need to be able to support your child in feeling fully capable of creatively solving their problems, and then you see them creatively solving their problems. Um, but but that requires you to be able to be systematic. You can't be fixing all of the things at once with your with your sensitive kid. Um, and and you need to be able to to prioritize um, their behaviors in a way that supports them in feeling capable. 
Um, that means that, that um, you know, for you and, and your particular situation, uh, it's really important that you're calculated on what behaviors you're highlighting, what behaviors you're going to um, specifically focus on. When we teach our clients uh, to track different behaviors and to identify what behaviors need to be switched and, and shifted first, oftentimes they're, they're quite um, uh, surprised at what we say needs to be um, let go for the moment right? Because when you're raising a child, you can start to think about all of the boxes you need to tick at any given moment. And um, in order to move the needle for highly sensitive kids and get you consistently seeing progress for your child and their big behaviors, so they stop hitting, kicking, screaming, isolating, and their te your teenager stops um, feeling like life would be um, better off without them, they, that, that, that they might as well just stay in their own, in their room, um, all of these things, if, if this is the way that your child is expressing their needs, then you need to be able to pinpoint which ones are the, the root of the, of the problem, which behaviors and which emotional states are the root of the problem so that you can break out of that pattern systematically. Otherwise, you're going to continue to be in the same pattern where you're throwing everything at the wall to see what sticks, but without yelling, right? Um, but without sticker charts, but without timeouts. But what happens is when, without being systematic with behavior change for your kiddo um, is you're going to end up eventually swinging to the end of the pendulum of, of what, um, what, what gets your kiddo to, to quote unquote shape up or ship out. Um, which is that punishment mentality The you know, you either get the reward or you don't it's still a punishment um, or you get the timeout or you don't there, you know, we obviously know that that's a punishment. Um, you lose uh, the, the iPad, um, same thing, because what you're using is threats um, to, to solve your problems with your kiddo and um, fear doesn't grow possibility. Fear keeps you stuck and fear keeps you small. And so when we think about being able to understand how fear impacts the brain and how fear impacts the capacity to grow, um, I really encourage you to notice that your child needs to be able to see possibility, opportunity, and see themselves as capable of achieve, of, of obtaining both of those things in order to do that. And, and, and if you're afraid, uh, you can't do that. You won't. Uh, it's, it's not possible. Um, that your child needs to be able to build uh, a sense of feeling brave and courageous. Uh, and that's not something that you can do by convincing your kid after you're using uh, fear tactics to, to solve um, the, the behavior patterns that you're seeing. So when we think about breaking this out, out, you need to be able to do this playfully. You need to be able to do this simplistically in a way that, that um, feels uh, less hard, right? We know parenting a sensitive child is hard work. And it doesn't need to feel complicated. We can make it easy for you. And so let's talk about this, right? Your child can go into a family uh, environment, say hello, look up, make eye contact, and then, um, you know, hold on to your hand or your, your, your leg or your body and uh, move towards uh, the toys or um, towards the couch or towards the snacks uh, and take action on what they want to do first in the family environment. Um, your child absolutely, as a highly sensitive child, can do that. Your highly sensitive child can also wave, say hi, run right into the room and, um, and get excited about playing with their cousins and, and be ready to roll, right? 
that is absolutely something that your highly sensitive child can do. Um, and, and when we think about what that means and how that plays out for the entire visit of, of the holiday, um, I want you to notice that that's not something that would be considered a fluke for the families that we work with. The, they know that that's a systematic change that they've been working on consistently. When, you, when your child feels like they can come to you, um, that they know how to solve their own problems without coming to you, then they don't need to feel um, like new people, new situations, or, or a change in routine is scary. Um, it's just different. It just becomes different and that's okay. Difference is okay. Um, and when your child starts to, to notice that, they're going to be able to observe that everybody can be present with each other. Everybody can enjoy a meal. Everybody can pick and choose what they decide to eat, right? Um, I particularly am not a fan of turkey, so I love the mashed potatoes, right? That's fine. That's a total adult thing to do, right? And, and so your highly sensitive child can do that without complaining, without saying, that they that they don't like it or without without um engaging in in such an intense outburst that they're not able to tolerate it being on their plate um so that you can placate your grandma um you know for for one thanksgiving meal right that it might not be an expectation that you hold every dinner time that your child um you know is is able to tolerate all kinds of foods um touching each other uh, but one time, they, they could be flexible. You can expect your child to be flexible, even if your child used to have daily meltdowns, right? So it's really important to understand that if you're dealing with this daily meltdown cycle, um, that the possibility isn't just white knuckling it. Like that's not what's, what's available in your possibility, realm of possibility. I want you to think about, think big picture. Think about how um, you experience your, your friends, your relatives and their children and, and start to notice that highly sensitive kids who are in the meltdown cycle are not exhibiting developmentally appropriate behavior. And what that means is that you get to support your child in a developmentally appropriate way, in a way that honors their personality and their sensitivities. It doesn't shame them in, into feeling like they're broken or that they're less than. Uh, and it still expects them to manage uh, and learn how to be polite, right? Still expects them to, uh, you can still expect your child to, to learn how to um, to ask for what they want, to say please and thank you, and to, to uh, tolerate grace before they eat, and, and to sit at the table for a little while longer um, on special occasions. And that is absolutely something that a, a typical child can, um, can maintain and ex that expectation with you. Um, and they can enjoy it. They can, they can find a way to engage in play and, and to enjoy um, the family members around you. And so my question to you is at this point, you know, families might start to think that now is the time to uh, white knuckle through, to hustle and bustle through, to stay busy through the holidays. And um, my invitation to you is to start to think that, um, that this season doesn't need to be as busy and as painful and as stressful as it used to be. You can change the dynamic you have in your household now, even if you have meals to attend to, even if you have events to go to, because let's face it, um, you might not have sports events to, to attend, but you have family dinners, right? Um, the, the activities on your calendar, maybe you added one or two more in the week, um, but that doesn't mean that your life is completely topsy-turvy. 
um, with activities. And so you can certainly start changing this behavior in, in your whole family dynamic and changing the whole um, family setup. And you can do that now. You don't need to wait until next year um, to, to see if maybe uh, then would be a time to, to start focusing on and, and helping your child change their, their behavior and change how they think about themselves. You could dive in now. Now, with that being said, I encourage you, if you're, if you're ready to break out of this pattern and you see that, um, that you're done, you're done dealing with this for one more holiday, let alone two more, without having an expert on your side to solve the problem alongside you, to tweak and troubleshoot when the standards um, that you want for your family aren't just aren't met immediately, right? So that you can support yourself in knowing how to systematically, repeatedly, and consistently solve the problem in a way that helps your child feel like you can be relied on and help you feel like you can rely on a sense of safety, emotional safety in your own home. And if that's what you're ready to do, then I encourage you to go ahead over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk and book a call with our team. Have a conversation uh, with myself or or our team and you'll be able to discuss where you're stuck, what you're struggling with, right? what you've been trying to deal with uh, day in and day out, holiday or not, right? And uh, what you've already tried. And then we'll talk about your goals. And if your goals include being able to eliminate that meltdown cycle and it matches with what we do for our our clients, um, then we'll share with you uh, how we know we would would be a good fit. Um, and, And we can get you started right away. And if that's not the case, right? If we think that there's something more efficient or effective, uh, for you, then we would we would recommend that because it's really important for us over here at MTC that we support the, f- the families that we serve in getting the results that we provide. And so um, alongside you, right, so that you can be the um, the one who's who's setting all those opportunities up for your kiddo. And in order to do that, we need to make sure that we're inviting families who are a perfect fit for what we do. Um, and so that means that sometimes we're going to have this conversation with you and, and we might send you a certain kind of, of resources or put some action steps in place um, that doesn't include working with us directly. And, uh, and, and obviously we would want to do that so that you got the result that you were looking for as well. Um, and, and so I invite you to have a conversation with us. We'll, have, we'll, we'll identify um, what, to, what to fix and how to fix it right away. Because honestly, you know, there's only so many more Thanksgivings or Christmases um, or, or what have you, what other holidays, winter holidays that your family um, uh, celebrates left in your kid's childhood. And when you think about that and you count those up, I want you to start to observe how many more you're willing to s- sacrifice uh, before you truly solve the problem. Okay, head on over to MeganThompsonCoaching.com backslash talk. Uh, or if you're parenting a teenager, uh, high school age, then we go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk. We can help you help your teen engage in, in um, being available for building relationships, using, um, using the knowledge and, and the awareness that they have that, that, that they can start to uh, learn from, from their elders, from their aunts and uncles, etc., in different ways now that they're older, rather than feeling like they need to escape the situation. All right, it's great talking to you and we'll talk to you soon. Bye.
Thank you for joining me on this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you're a fit to work with us at MTC, here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call and book an appointment with our team. We'll get on the phone for about 60 minutes and we'll get you clarity on where you're stuck in parenting your sensitive child or teen what your goals are for supporting your child's development. And if we can help you, we'll get you started on knowing exactly what to do to eliminate that meltdown cycle. Eliminating the daily meltdown cycle does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped hundreds of clients from all over the world end that cycle in as little as eight weeks. So to see if we can help you do the same, head on over to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash call. I'm Megan Thompson. And we look forward to speaking to you soon.